I am grateful uh, for this time of year, this, this particular Sunday between Christmas and New Year. <clears throat> um, lots of people are, are um, I'm not happy that lots of people are away, but I'm glad that, that we are here together, that um, it's just kind of our church family this morning. And <clears throat> I'm thankful that our society around us kind of takes a break. So many businesses, they shut down between Christmas and New Year. There's sort of this lull in our society where everybody just kind of uh, takes a break. And it gives us some good time to celebrate this good news, to take some time to bask, to just delight in this amazing news that God sent his son, that Jesus came, our Savior, took on flesh and lived here with us. God has been faithful. Yahweh has sent his son, our salvation. And that's one of Luke's point in the passage that we're going to be looking at this morning, uh, is that Jesus is our Savior, that he really is the salvation. Simeon's praise, we're going to talk about it here in a minute. Simeon talks some about how Jesus, that he has seen God's restoration of Israel, uh, which is a key idea, uh, especially in Simeon's day, of being restored. Not only that, but he is the light to the Gentiles, quoting Isaiah. That, that this salvation is going to bring in not just the people of Israel, but all of the world. And it will bring glory to Israel. And so Simeon is praising God. <clears throat> but also realizing something too, this week especially, that he was speaking to those um, he was honoring those in this story we'll see, uh, honoring their faithfulness. Some of you I know um, are waiting. Some of you have broad hopes that you are waiting for. You're waiting for the world around us to improve. As we read the news, as we hear the stories, you're longing for a better world. You're waiting and watching. Some of you are waiting and watching for Christ's return. You're watching the events, you're reading about God's kingdom, and you're feeling the gap, the distance between how things are meant to be and the way they are, and you're praying all the time, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. Some of you are waiting for something meaningful in your lives, just generally, maybe direction in your life, or breaking, feel, or breaking free from the day-to-day grind that you're feeling. Some of you are waiting for something specifically, waiting for healing, perhaps a surgery that you've been looking forward to or waiting for months for, or a condition to be healed, or results from a test. Some of you are waiting for provision, for God to provide. Things have been, in in terms of finance, things have been uncertain lately, and you're waiting, feeling, Lord God, please help, and you're waiting for God to respond. Some of you are waiting for help in relationships, Maybe it's your marriage or your kids. And you're waiting for God to act, to show up. As I read this passage this week, I was realizing that God honors the faithful. God comes through for those who keep faithfully waiting and following Him. So this whole passage is we're going to work through here. Can you hit the next one? The whole thing, this whole passage is based on people's faithfulness. Listen to this. First, it begins with Mary and Joseph. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what was said in the law of the Lord 
a pair of doves of two young pigeons. In faithfulness, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple. They're faithfully following what the Old Testament, what the Old Covenant had commanded them to do. And as you're reading this, or as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, man, Jesus kind of checks all the boxes. His parents are faithful, and he has done everything right. But as you think about it, too, about how this sets up the scene we're about to see. So Mary and Joseph, out of their faithfulness, bring Jesus to the temple. And then, in light of that, God begins honoring Simeon's faithfulness. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and he was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. This whole moment that we're about to see is set up by Mary and Joseph, by their faithfulness, bringing him into the temple. And it's here that Simeon sees him. Now, I was thinking about this idea of honoring. The whole point I was hearing God saying this week, or revealing to me, was that he honors faithfulness. Maybe not necessarily with fame, which is sometimes what we think of. I chose this word honor versus reward specifically. Because sometimes you can say God rewards your faithfulness. And we tend to think of uh, maybe monetary or, or more stuff or more provision. Or maybe we think in terms of reward as God gives me what I was asking for. And so I chose this word honor because it, it's more broad than all of that. But sometimes we get hung up on the word reward. So talking about honoring and how it acknowledges that God sometimes fulfills what we've been praying for or waiting for. Sometimes he rewards us what, with what specifically we've been asking for, but sometimes his gift or his, his honoring supersedes what we ever imagined or looks completely different than what we thought. I was thinking about this, about fulfillment of the promise. Imagine Simeon's joy as he's in the temple here. He's been praying and waiting, and I don't, it doesn't actually say in the text, Luke doesn't tell us how long he's been waiting to see the Lord's Christ, the Lord's Savior. And then Mary and Joseph bring their child in and he realizes this is him. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior I have been waiting my whole life to see. And he takes the child up in his arms. And I can only imagine that it's more than fulfilled. Not just, man, thanks God for answering my prayer, but actually God has fulfilled, gone beyond what he was expecting. It's interesting because he's so relieved at this point that he actually says, it's okay, Lord, please please let me die now. That's how relieved he is. Think about this level of satisfaction, of fulfillment. That he's so longed for redemption of just seeing the Messiah, that just seeing him satisfied. Dan and I were talking earlier this week that, that not, he didn't even have to see Jesus do the redemptive thing. He just had to see the baby, the potential in the child. And he was like, okay, God, now I can die. Now you can release your servant. I can die because I've seen this salvation. I haven't even seen him do the the saving yet. And yet I am satisfied. I am fulfilled. I was thinking about it this week too, but what if Simeon had stopped watching? What if maybe he's been watching for years and at some point, before he ever sees Jesus, he said, you know what, God, I've been waiting too long. 
I can't wait any longer. I give up. Imagine what he would have lost. That moment, that fulfillment of being so fulfilled that he's saying, God, I can die now. He would have lost that. Not only that, but the moment of praising God, of of proclaiming who this salvation is so that people around him hear. God honored Simeon's faithfulness, his faithful watching. His reward was seeing God's redemption. In response to this, in response to God's faithfulness, Simeon begins praising God. He says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. Actually, the word dismiss, the Greek word here, has a couple different kind of connotations. One of them is like, you can now kill. You can now, I can die now, is essentially what he's saying. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. It gives us another glimpse. I think one of Luke's main goals of, of retelling us this story, out of all the stories he could have told us, was telling this one to help us see not only the faithfulness of of Jesus' parents, of Simeon, of Anna, but also to help us see who Jesus is again, to give us another window, to put another layer on it, so to speak. That Jesus is this salvation. That he is this one that he had been promised. He was looking forward to the restoration of Israel. And Jesus is this Savior. Not only that, but he's a light to the Gentiles. That God is going to bring in all the people's all the nations, like he promised he would do through the prophet Isaiah. And so the people of Israel are recognizing these things happening in Jesus. And all this will bring glory to Israel. Israel, who had suffered shame for hundreds of years now, having been uh, sent into exile and then come back from exile and then through a different series of Greek and then Roman uh, oppressors, people who had lived, occupied their land, they are waiting for restoration. They feel like they have been Uh, shamed for for centuries now, and they want to be honored again. They want to be glorified as the people of God. And Simeon is saying, this child is doing all of this. So as he's saying these things, someone else's faithfulness is rewarded. God honors Anna's faithfulness in her devotion. Luke tells us, there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. So 60-some years probably, roughly somewhere in there, of being a widow, which in her day meant that she was poor, on the edge, on the margins. She didn't have like her own job, her own career, that she spent her days in the temple, worshipped day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, when when Simeon is praising God, saying all these things out loud about how good God is and what he's done, she comes up to them at that very moment and gives thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who are looking forward to the redemption of Israel. So think about just the chain of events here based on faithfulness. First, Mary and Joseph faithfully bring Jesus to the temple, faithfully doing what parents did in their day. And then because they do that, And because of Simeon's faithfulness, he is there as well and sees this child and begins praising God. And because of Anna's faithfulness, she's there too. And here's Simeon praising God and she joins in and starts proclaiming to all who've been waiting for the redemption of Israel. The faithfulness kind of stacks on top of each other. 
that God is honoring the faithful. Anna's faithfulness, though, is less about watching and waiting, specifically for a Messiah, and more about living faithfully, about devotion. Like I said, she's a widow, so she's, she's barely getting by. I'm, I'm reading from Luke's text here that she probably, that they probably didn't have children. It doesn't mention it here. So without kids, without children, especially son to take care of her as a widow, she was on her own. And so she's living in the temple out of devotion. It says that she never left the, the temple fasting and praying. She's a very devout person. Luke calls her a prophetess. That she speaks, that God is speaking through her. She has this devout relationship with him. And her faithfulness brought her into the right place at the right time. Drawn by Simeon's praise, she joins in and starts proclaiming to everyone who will listen. She received a blessing because of her faithfulness and then becomes a blessing to people around her, proclaiming good news about Jesus. Imagine if Anna had given up. Imagine if she had said, you know what? I've tried. I've been faithful for 50 years and I quit now. I'm not going to go to the temple anymore. It's not working. Imagine if she had given up before she saw the Lord's redemption, before she saw the child. The people who she began proclaiming to would have missed out. She would have missed out. God honored her faithful devotion. She sees the Lord's faithfulness. She sees the Lord's redemption. And she shares him with others. I want to encourage you today. God honors your faithfulness. And this is what honoring looks like. It's not famous. And sometimes it doesn't even look like God has answered our specific requests. But blesses. This morning we see how God fulfills. For Simeon, for Simeon this filling full, overflowing his desire to see the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior. And God shows him this child. And he takes this child up in his arms and begins just spontaneously praising God. It just comes pouring out of him. For Anna, honoring her faithful devotion, she's in the right place at the right time. God blesses both of them. And he begins praising God. Regardless of how God responds, he always sees your faithfulness. I want to remind you that those of you who are waiting, who've been waiting faithfully, God sees your faithfulness. He always sees your faithfulness. He responds to it. Sometimes better than we imagine. Sometimes it takes a lot longer than we expected. And it happens in ways that we don't necessarily, or we don't always see the connections right away. Maybe it's nothing like we thought. Maybe it's so long that we're tempted to give up. But God still sees your faithfulness and he honors it. I know many of you are waiting. Many of us are waiting for things in the world to improve. Keep praying and watching. I want to encourage you that <laughs> there are good things happening, that God is still on the move. To cherish those things. I know it's tempting to find, to find one piece of bad news and hear the 20 other and miss the small piece of good news. I want us to encourage to hold on to those good stories. Some of us are continuing to wait for Jesus, to watch for him, that God will honor our faithfulness. Whether he comes in our lifetimes or we live faithfully because of it, and we still don't see the Lord come, God will honor our faithfulness. 
Some of you are waiting and asking God for guidance. You're waiting for God to heal you or bring healing in your family or restore relationships. I want to encourage you, because I care about you, to remain faithful. God honors your faithfulness. It may not look like what we're desiring. It might exceed what we're dreaming of. But God sees your faithfulness, and he will honor it. Like Simeon, God will honor your faithfulness. This morning, I want to encourage us. Keep rejoicing. While the rest of the world around us takes a break between Christmas and Easter, we get this chance, this lull in the middle to praise God, to keep reflecting, to keep rejoicing of what God has done. And we're also reminded this morning to continue in our faithfulness, faithfully watching, faithfully living and following Jesus because God will honor it. God sees your faithfulness and he will honor it.